Welcome to the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. The Informants Nerdcast is powered by Branson's IMAX Entertainment Complex, The Sign Man and Hollister, Comic Force, White River Design Company, and 1984 Branson Arcade. And a greetings to all of our fellow geeks and nerds out there. Welcome in to Podcast Land. It is Season 3 of the Informants Nerdcast. This is Episode 4. I am a nerd, and I am Josh Grisham. I'm also a nerd, and you can call me Tim Church. What a weekend it has been. I'm, I'm amazed that we're even doing this between writing and sleeping and doing movie reviews and laziness of life, man. I mean, it, it is it is tough from week to week, but Season 3 continues on. It is good to be back behind the mic with you guys. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover. It has been literally a busy, busy week of news, and we kick off Episode 4 in Season 3 with movie news all the way across the board. My friend, you've got the honors. Go ahead and lead us in. Yeah, as Josh said, it has a, been a full week of news, and kicking us off is a Happy Death Day 3 update from director Christopher Landon. He tells us that the sequel is loved by people who have seen it, but it did not make a lot of money, and it was not a success for them. I'm sure he's referring to the studio and Bloomhouse. But I got to tell you guys, I definitely want to see this film come full circle. I am ready for the trilogy. Let's make it happen. I am ready to see that, you know, baby mask one more time. Yeah, it uh, first one was great. Second one was great. Hopefully everybody can come together and actually uh, make this happen and get this done for the fans. A lot of times films don't make money. And you just turn it on a dime, and it's mm-hmm. for the fans. That's what this should be for, and it needs to be Christopher Landon. So I'm not going to hold my breath, but maybe, maybe at some point it will happen. We'll see. Now, this actually belongs more in uh, in, in in video game news, but again, since it's a film, it kind of crosses both paths. A stop-motion short film from the Black Myth Wukong developers celebrates the Chinese New Year. But now, the most important part about this, yeah, short film, really, really cool. We've seen stuff that is uh, that has included the Monkey King in it at one point. I'm trying to think of that big uh, martial arts movie that we got Jet Li in and Jackie Chan. I'm trying to remember what the name of that was. Really, really good actioner. But here's the cool thing. Yeah, we get the short film, but we got a release window for the game. The game has been driving us all absolutely nuts because it just looks absolutely insane drop dead gorgeous it's got some great great action in it the game comes out summer 2024 that's all we can tell you we don't know if it's going to be june july august or may we don't know but we've got a window and that's pretty cool Looking forward at a Top Gun 3. Jerry Bruckheimer says he's not actually discussed the project yet with Tom Cruise saying he's in the middle of shooting Mission Impossible. He's got a lot of very difficult, hard stunts he's doing. It's not time to take attention away from what's important to him right now. And Jerry is right. Tom has got a a lot on his plate for the next couple years between wrapping up the Mission Impossible franchise. And at one point, we announced that he's going to space. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's still on the table that he's going to be doing some sort of movie shot actually in space. So we'll, we'll see what the timetables look like. But Maverick did so good. I'm going to find it, you know, difficult for the studios to not want to make a trilogy out of this franchise at this point. Yeah, he's space thing regardless. He's got to get through Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. 
Uh, he's got to do that really before he does anything else. So that's going to be the next thing that's up on his plate before he gets going anywhere else. Um, and, you know, Top Gun 3, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm down for it, but I would just caution this type of situation. Um, too much of a good thing. Too much of a good mm-hmm. thing, and it can run out of gas. So just tread carefully. Not saying I don't want to see it, but, you know, yeah. you know my point. Barry Keown wants to see more of his Joker in the Batman 2. Um, I would agree with that. He looks suitably creepy, and we got those uh, those glimpses thanks to the internet. Uh, and he says this. I've got a few other things I'd love to bring to the table, actually. I've got this little half-moleskin book that I've written a lot in already. And so, yeah, I want to show people exactly what that is. Um, I'm curious as well. Um, he just really didn't get a... We didn't get anything, really. Yeah. So um, I, I would say that uh, beyond the ceiling is certainly the limit with what Barry wants to do uh, with his Joker. But again, you know, it's great that Barry wants to do it. That's part of the equation. But the DC Universe is in a whole hell of a lot of flux at this point right now. So Barry may want to do it, but that may not get past Peter Safran and James Gunn. We just don't know. So mm-hmm. as fans, you just you got to keep your fingers crossed. For sure. I, and yeah, he did great in the little bit we got of him. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to see him and, you know, uh, Robert Battenson um, take take to the screen together for a little bit more action, a little bit more thrills. So here's hoping that does happen. James Gunn, we're talking to you. We enjoy what Matt Reeves did with the Batman. So let's keep that train of going. Prey star Amber Mid-Thunder expressed her interest in returning for a sequel to the acclaimed Predacal prequel, stopping short of an actual confirmation. She said, this is not an announcement, but I'm not saying it's not happening. So it's basically her saying, never say never about the project. So Prey was really good. I enjoyed it tremendously. I thought it actually deserved a theatrical release and not just the the little... uh, you know, debut it made on Hulu, but I, I was very pumped uh, for her performance, and I would love to see her get another chance at, at that role. It would be interesting to me for them to go ahead and, and expand that and kind of take the root of Assassin's Creed Three that blended the colonial redcoats and Indians. That would be a little bit uh, that would be unique. Is <laughs> if it it's not that far of a time jump because we really didn't understand like what that era was. And how close it was to uh, colonial um, uh, era America, but if you know, maybe like she's one of the last of her tribes people, then the land's being taken over, and there's this shift into colonial America, and the redcoats are around, and then you throw the predator right into the middle of that. There could be some magic there, and again, what made prey work so well is it gave us an era and it gave us a character that we did not expect. We have not seen that before, so I think for this to work, they've got to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Keep it familiar. Amber Mid-Thunder, but also give us something new. And that could be magical there. If they do it, yeah, keep that formula, and I think it could work. Uh, James Cameron revealed that uh, Avatar 3, um, it has been a trope uh, from Avatar 1 and Avatar 2. That narration was given to us by Jake Sully. That was Sam Worthington's character. But Avatar 3 is going to be mixing that up. Instead, it's going to be narrated by Britton Dalton's character, Loak. Uh, we see it through the eyes of a different character, and movie three is through Jake Sully's son's Loak's eyes. And so that uh, that will be very, very interesting. I like the change. It's different. And obviously, Loak uh, really came to the forefront through the runtime of Avatar 2, oh, yeah. even though he caused a whole hell of a lot of chaos uh, in the <laughs> yeah. film. So 
Um, really, the, the film is going really to become his. And I think that's what they've uh, told us is that it's going to shift a lot from Jake Sully and Natiri, and it will start focusing on the kids. And so uh, we're seeing that through a, through a narrative shift there. Um, I'll take this next one since it's still kind of continuing yeah. on with Avatar News. The Way of Water also uh, continuing to become a box office juggernaut. It is now officially past the sixth highest grossing film of all time. Uh, Spider-Man's No Way Home. It is blitzed past that. Uh, it is well on its way to go past the $2 billion mark. So, again, you can say hashtag don't bet against uh, James Cameron. This is just a reminder of why you don't. Yep, yeah, 100%. Cloverfield is going to be celebrating its 15th anniversary, and in honor of that, we are finally getting a 4K UHD limited edition steelbook. So for all you Clover fan. Cloverfield fans, try saying that five times fast, uh, you are going to get a very special collectible to add to your movie shelves coming up very, very soon. There was also a really fun fact that I'll tie into this bit of uh, movie news when it comes to Cloverfield. I didn't realize this, but the director had said that this particular kaiju in the film was causing all of this havoc, and it's a little fun fact about the movie because it was a baby and it was separated from its mother. Hmm. It was not out just to terrorize, terrorize. It was a baby and separated from its mom. Pretty cool. It's having a temper tantrum. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did not. Uh, I did not know that about the film. Nice little fun fact given to us from the director. Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige said that Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, and Scott Lang were chosen to lead Phase Five because the hero deserved nothing less. Now we wanted to kick off Phase Five with Ant Man because he'd earned that position. The producer uh, was talking about in an interview with Empire Magazine to not simply be the backup or the comic relief this go-around, but to take his position at the front of the podium of the MCU. I'm I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I think this film is going to be a visceral, raw, and uh, dare I say, I think it's going to be a heartbreaking uh, beginning for Phase 5. We don't know why it's going to be heartbreaking, but the film certainly is playing its hand very heavily there and kind of leading us down that road. There's so many variables of things that could take place in this film. And really, while we have gotten some exciting, you know, footage from the trailers and stuff, we really haven't gotten a, you know, straightforward storyline as to what's going to go down during the film and, you know, possibly who we're going to lose from the Marvel franchise. So uh, I kind of feel like they're going to kick off phase five with uh, some, some MCU deaths. So, um, th- this is definitely going to be a film you are not going to want to miss. Uh, going Speaking of uh, Marvel characters, um, Michael B. Jordan, who played Killmonger and Black Panther, his uh, Rainbow Six adaptation has been announced to be helmed by John Wick director Chad Skaliski. Ch- Stan Kaliski. Stan Stahelski? I think I got that right. A guy named Chad who directed John Wick, he's also going to be directing this movie. Uh, I probably should have tried to figure out that last name before I started talking, but there you go. Channing Tatum has revealed that he has got the rights to a classic 1990 romance film. This was like one of the most wild, random things we caught uh, out of the last week, but uh, he's got the rights to Ghost from Paramount Pictures, and he's planning to remake it. So, Oh, dear. His disclosure that his production company, Free Association, has the rights to the film. It came out during an interview with Vanity Fair, conducted while the actor-slash-producer was making pottery. Now, I know why they put pottery-making in Ghost, he joked. The whole process is very, very sexual, according to Channon. Okay, I don't really see the 
the sexual side of that. What made it sexual was the delivery and the scene and the way it was crafted and the fact that you had Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze, two of the sexiest actors at the time uh, yeah. in film. That's what made it sexual, not the art of pottery making. Tatum told Vanity Fair that he is going to be playing Patrick Swayze's role in the new Ghost, but we're going to be doing something different. What is that? Now, he alluded to certain problematic elements in the storytelling of the original film. I didn't really see the original Ghost as being problematic. It's a classic in its own right. So I think it needs to change a little bit and have our... But he never got around to finishing his sentence. Of course he didn't, because if he did, um, you give away everything, you play your hand right away, and that's going to really hurt the film. So smart guy, I guess. He was distracted. Further specifics as to his plans for the Ghost film have yet to be disclosed. So there you go. Um, take that for what it is. Process it to the best of your ability. But he's got the rights, and there is nothing standing in his way. So a remake, we're going to get it whether we want it or not. Yeah, that should be weird. I, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't oh, it is, seem, it is weird. seem right. like... Channing Tatum is a good actor. I've enjoyed several of his performances. But he is. I don't see him being able to pull off the the definition of what Patrick Swayze was able to bring to that role in Ghost. Like, I just don't see him being able to do that. I appreciate you giving Channing his uh, his props, as weird as that may be. But now that you say that, I I think you're okay. I've not I've not you you're not hoarding a, a Magic Mike box set anywhere here in Nerd Informants HQ that I've been able to find as of yet. Well, just don't look under my pillow. I will never be doing that regardless. <laughs> uh, Thunderbolts is going to be starting their shooting in June, according to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, I really, really want to fight, she says. We'll see if it happens. I haven't even seen the script yet. Well, that's kind of terrifying if they're going to start shooting in less than six months, and she's not even seen the script to the film. But, that you know, terrifying. the next part of the thunderbolts um we, we're hearing some i heard some rumors i don't know if you is heard her this choice is her character a fighter no no she's not i mean she like in the, com in the comics i mean you like, have, to, you mean, have to tell me i don't know honestly I, I i will be the first to admit that i don't know too terribly much about <laughs> her comic book counterpart she she's a character but you know we got to see a little bit of her and uh wakanda forever and you know we definitely learned a little bit more about her position and her role. So I would feel like at some point she would have had to go through some serious training and learn some moves and, you know, be being a former agent, I assume. So we're, we're going to see what happens, but you know, I, I'm very curious to see how Thunderbolts is going to come together because at this point in time, we've just got a movie with a bunch of super soldiers and a black widow, white widow, and it, and Ghost might be there. She was in the promo art, but now I've I've actually heard a couple rumors that they're not going to include her now. So we'll see what happens. They got a long ways to go in six months. Mm -hmm. Anton Fuqua again. Now this one is coming out of left field. Anton Fuqua is is well known for a very specific genre of films. This is the guy that was attached to Training Day with Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington. The news is now is that Anton Fuqua is going to be directing a Michael Jackson biopic. Is the world ready for a Michael Jackson biopic? Because we all remember the news cycles growing up. Michael mm -hmm. was no stranger to controversy. Everybody was after him in one way, shape, or another. So, mm -hmm. obviously, we know how his life ended. We know what he was uh, engulfed in shortly before he, uh, he passed away. 
Uh, so it, it's going to be coming, whether we are ready for it or not, a Michael Jackson biopic. And it's interesting because the climate has shifted a little bit, and these biopic films have struggled a little bit, whereas Baz Luhrmann's Elvis was a, a critical hit and did very, very well. The most recent Whitney Houston biopic just absolutely flopped mm-hmm. at the box office. So is that genre running out of steam? Anton Fuqua is navigating into uh, what could be some very difficult waters, not only because of the of the subject of the biopic film, but just the genre in itself. But yeah. he's a seasoned director. If anybody can make it work, you know, in Anton Fuqua, we might trust. So Well, and here's here's my question. Like, you're, you're absolutely right that those things that you mentioned are, are going to be challenges that they're going to face. But really, how do you cast somebody to be Michael Jackson? I mean, yeah, there, there's, you know, uh, tribute artists and stuff living in Branson. We've seen them time and time again. But it's, as far as casting a, a Hollywood celebrity to play a man you know, who was a black man who got plastic surgery, here's become white. Here's here's <laughs> here's what you do. In this situation, I think Anton Fuqua would be best served to go relative unknown unknown route. Mm-hmm. He needs to go that way. Oh yeah, for the child actor, he needs to go. He needs to go that way the whole way through. Child, middle age, adult. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's how he needs to do it. Um, archive footage, obviously, is going to be a real heavy part of that film. And and I, at this point, right now, I know they're close. If it hasn't already been done. Uh, uh, Neverland is uh, set to be demolished. There, I mean, there's, there's just, there's nothing left out there. If you see any of these documentaries or these uh, aerial tours that people do on YouTube from time to time, you can check it out. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's going to be a really difficult front all the way around. But I think mm-hmm. for this to work, he's got to go unknown the whole way through if mm-hmm. he can. I agree. I agree. Uh, Megan 2.0 will rise on January 17th, 2025. The films, the first film's writer and stars, Allison Williams and Violet McGraw are both set to return for the sequel. So we'll see what they come up with for 2.0 for folks who got to see the new film that came out. The ending definitely left a path for what the sequel could be. And I'm I'm definitely pumped to to see this happen. I'm glad that it did so well that they have already green lit a, a sequel film. So Megan was creepy. It was cool. It was creepy. And if you guys haven't seen it, you definitely need to head out to the theater to do so. Yeah, it, it's a it's a winner for Blumhouse, and the fact that they've got all the principles uh, set to return that's going to be key to the sequel's success. Uh, Allison Williams is in, Violet McGraw in. I like that. I like that a lot. That's the recipe for success right there. Anthony Hopkins been cast in Those About to Die. That is Peacock's historical epic from Roland Emmerich. The two-time Academy Award-winning actor will be set to play Emperor Vespasian in the series. So that's going to be... You, you could not go out and get any better cast member to be a part of a series right there because Anthony Hopkins is no stranger uh, to that type of role, uh, just an incredible thespian there. If you wanted to anchor it and book it, and you want to make it sure it's uh, it's going to be good, I like that. Mm-hmm. Emmerich also, who serves as an executive producer on Those About to Die, is going to be directing the series from a script by Oscar-nominated writer Robert Rodat, who will also executive produce. So that is Anthony Hopkins' newest project. After many, many years of waiting, we finally got some news regarding the Tron franchise. Tron Ares is in the works at Disney, and Jared Leto is set to star, as well as Joachim Roning is set to direct. Filming will reportedly begin in August for this film, 
And we've been hearing word about the next Tron film for a very long time. Uh, the last Tron film came out well over a decade ago. And honestly, I didn't think we would get anything ever to happen because there was just so much conflict regarding script and actors and what was going to go on. But I am pumped to see what they come up with for this next next part of the... I, I, I'm hoping it's going to be all connected and, and this is going to be considered a trilogy with the first two films and not a direct reboot. But yep. we'll see what happens. Uh, later reporting I saw on that indicates that it's not. It's not going to have any ties to uh, to Flynn or the Flynn family or anything like that. But um, it'll be interesting, at least. We'll, we'll see if Disney can, uh, can make it work. They've kind of been hit and miss... Mm -hmm. uh, with these uh, extra projects, so I will keep an open mind. Rami Malek has lined up his next job. He has been cast as Buster Keaton in a biopic series with Matt Reeves set to produce. So um, I like this. Rami Malek uh, certainly coming off uh, biopic success there um, as Freddie Mercury in Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. So um, I'd say give it to him. He has uh, done really, really well, and he needs to get as far away from Amsterdam as he possibly can. So <laughs> this would be a good way to do that. I'd be excited to see him as Buster Keaton. No, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Like uh, he's such a talented actor. And if anybody's going to be able to pull this off, I really think it's going to be him. Uh, Alex Wolf has been cast in a quiet place. Day one. He's joining Lupita Nyong'o and Joseph Quinn for the film. And uh, it's going to basically be a prequel series to A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2. John Krasinski is involved in the process, but to our knowledge, um, he's not going to be directing this one. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what they come up with for this. Captain America New World Order, their cast list gets just a little bit larger as they have enlisted Joshua Roquemore for a key role in the upcoming uh, film. Don't know what character she is going to play. Maybe Tim can elaborate a little bit more on this. I, I don't know anything about her. So um, what this is and how it's going to have an impact on, on Sam Wilson uh, remains to be seen. But the cast list gets larger, and she is in Captain America New World Order. Yeah, this, this is honestly the first time I've heard this actress's name. Um, I, I hope I've not just had my head in the sand and by not hearing about her before. But yeah, this is the first time I've heard her name, so I, I'm curious to see what else she's been in. And I do know that Rhodey actor um, <laughs> just totally lost Don his... Cheadle. Don Cheadle, thank you. Uh was the very first to take to social media to welcome her. So I'm curious if maybe she's got more connections to War Machine than Captain America. Um, so so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I, I'm excited for, for this film very much so. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and to wrap up our... Our, this segment of movie news, we do have a second part two segment of new movie news, but a new Friday the 13th reboot is in the works from Sean S. Cunningham. Now, uh, Josh, I believe you you had this posting here. Do you know, I, I is this going to be a movie? Is this going to be a series? Uh, wh what are they aiming for? This, this one is going to be a movie, but it's anybody's guess as to where they're going to pick up. If it's going to be a legit reboot, Starting from the beginning, because we know that uh, it was like 2018 or 2019, we got the Platinum Dunes uh, reboot, uh, which was just 
god awful. It was really, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, so we'll see where they're going to go. Sean has kind of played aloof here as to what he's going to do with it. Um, it's anybody's guess. They said that uh, it could pick up from uh, from the very last one and go from that that arc, or they could go back to the beginning. So it's interesting to me. It just it it, it gets more and more interesting and convoluted and complex with each new. I hey, let me just say this. Regardless of how complex and how difficult this thing has gotten, the fact that we are getting the Peacock series about Crystal Lake, mm-hmm. and we're also getting this one coming back, the fact that Jason Voorhees is alive and well, and he's with us, and he survived what was a really, really crappy legal situation. It was a quagmire. Let's just be happy as fans that we're, that we're getting both. I'm all for it. I don't care where they pick up the timeline. I just want it to be good. Yeah. And I love the fact that we get more Jason in our lives. We're getting Crystal Lake, and we're getting this. So uh, horror fans and fans of Jason Voorhees is going to be eating well uh, in the coming <laughs> years. So we can just be thankful about that. And let's let's just keep the lawyers and let's keep the courts out of the situation and keep the stories going. So now, um, hopefully you'll be okay with me, because this is one section, and it's all like one familiar bit of news. Yeah, it's yeah. Netflix updates. You want me to all take it all the way through? Yeah, go for it. So uh, Tim had a good section here, Netflix saving the dates. Now, you saw this um, across our channels, and it was really uh, Netflix's way. They, they had like a like a like maybe a two-minute trailer that pretty much encompassed all of this, and then they decided to release all the news individually. So this is all about your your Netflix cues and marking down some dates. It is uh, what Tim refers to as Netflix save the dates. Indeed, you want to tag this all down. Chris Hemsworth uh, returning as Tyler Rake, reuniting with director Sam Hargrave and the Russo brothers for the action event of the summer. That is Extraction 2. That is set to premiere June 16th. So the first bit of news there on Netflix save the dates. June 16th will be the sequel for Extraction. A female assassin comes out of hiding to protect the daughter she gave up years before. The men after her are dangerous, but she is even more deadly. From director Nikki Caro and writers Misha Green and Peter Craig, Jennifer Lopez is the mother, premiering May 12th. I love the title of this one. And uh, let me just say this. She has done a lot of rom-coms. She's Mm -hmm. done a lot of romance movies. But I want to call back to a film that I've watched more than once to remind you that she does have uh, the physical chops. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go and watch her in Enough. Mm-hmm. Um, really good film there. So I, I'm, I'm, I like this. Jennifer has not uh, deviated too much from kind of the, the genre arc that she's been in her career. Yeah, This will mark like only the second or third time that I recall correctly in her career where she's gone more Action heavy. Mm-hmm. I like it. So this one will be one to watch May 12th for The Mother. Now, she's the only one standing between world peace and global destruction. Gal Gadot is Rachel Stone in Heart of Stone, premiering August 11th. Now, this one, strangely enough, it had a lot of people kind of just crapping all over it. And I'm just that's the term I'm going to use for it immediately on our Facebook timeline. And it's like there was a lot of unfair comparisons. I'm going to bill it as that to Tomb Raider. Yet... I don't know. It really is unfair comparisons because the picture didn't look anything like Tomb Raider, and we know nothing about the film. So yeah. keep an open mind. Um, Gal Gadot uh, certainly has given us a lot of action in her young career so far. So that's why I think that Hearts of Stone is going to be okay. But we don't know if it's going to be a globe uh, globetrotting tomb raiding adventure or if it's going to be a straight-up actioner. Either way, August 11th, mark that one down, is when she will uh, set out as Rachel Stone in Heart of Stone. 
And a heist crew must pull off their biggest job yet at 36,000 feet. Kevin Hart, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ursula Corbero, Billy Magnuson, Jacob Batalon, Jean Reno, and Sam Worthington. Talk about that cast. Wow. And you've got the directing chops of F. Gary Gray's Lift. Now that premieres August 25th. And after being sacrificed to a bloodthirsty dragon, a young damsel soon realizes that no one is coming, that she must save herself. Millie Bobby Brown, Angela Bassett, Robin Wright, and Nick Robinson will star in Damsel. That'll premiere five days before my birthday, October 13th. And Sam Esmail is writing and directing a tense thriller about two strangers who interrupt a family's vacation bearing news of a mysterious blackout. Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Mihala, and Kevin Bacon star in Leave the World Behind. That one on this list is one of my, uh, one of my tops on the list. December 8th is when we will leave the world behind on Netflix. And lastly, Zack Snyder is coming back to serve all of his fans that are upset and really, really miss him a lot. You'll be able to explore the new epic universe from Zack Snyder, Rebel Moon, Stars Sophia Butella, Dijamon Hansu, Ed Screen, Mikhail Huseman, Duna Bay, Ray Fisher, Staz Nair, and Charlie Hunnam, and Anthony Hopkins and more. We're doing geez. Hello, epic cast. Stacked. December 22nd is when Rebel Moon will come to the masses. You talk about a fat Netflix list. That one is massive. So um, um, just prepare yourself. Um, you might want to get off of your friends list and sharing. That's supposed to... Uh, taking effect in March. So Netflix kind of being funny about this, giving us all this great stuff and reminding us in their own subtle way that uh, it's going to suck to be you if you're a password sharer, which um, <laughs> just just be ready for it and then eat good the rest of the year. Netflix has got a whole bunch of stuff for you, but you're going to have to have your own password to do it. So Yeah, ju- just to respond to all of that, I, I, there's not a single one of those I'm not looking forward to. They all sound absolutely fantastic. I'm probably most pumped for Rebel Moon just because... Though Zack Snyder and I have had our disagreements in the past, I'm not. It's the Star Wars film he pitched that never got made, and so for that reason, I, I'm excited to see. You know, you know me. I love the space space movies. I love being in outer space, and, and anything that involves in anything of that nature is going to excite me. So Zack Snyder or not, I'm I'm pumped to see this stacked cast and what they do in outer space. Yeah, I think my three on there are, uh, I'd have to say it's probably going to be Lift, Damsel, and Leave the World Behind would be my top mm-hmm. three. So moving on to awards news, we are coming off of the, the biggest part of award season, but there's still a few going on. Including the 2023 Critics' Choice Awards, where Brendan Fraser won the award for Best Actor for his role in The Whale. Very highly deserved there, of course. And uh, if you check out our page, you will find out find the video of Brendan's uh, acceptance speech, which was just beautiful. It's very heartwarming, and if you don't cry watching the end of it... Um, you're not human because he is just a fantastic human being. So, And I'm going to expand on that because it's double news and we don't need to repeat ourselves. Brendan Fraser also receiving a BAFTA nomination for his performance in The Whale, uh, which, I mean, again, I'm, we'll just tie it all in together because Brendan and Kihai, it is, it is their year, and I am here for that 100%. These guys deserve to come back to the spotlight, and it's almost like their resurgences are mirroring each other. 
and it's great. It's great for us all. It's great for TV ratings. It's great for the actors, and I love it. Kihai Kwan, of course, winning Best Supporting Actor at the Critics' Choice Awards for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Guys, keep it up, and just just go all the way home. Go all the way home, all the way through the Oscars. That's what I got to say about that. I love it. Absolutely here for it. Also taking home an award at the Critics' Choice Awards for Best Supporting Actress was Marvel Studios' very own Angela Bassett, who played the Queen Mother in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. A very powerful performance in every film she does, but specifically in Wakanda Forever, she she really went out there and she left it out all on the table and just did a fantastic job. So it, it's nice to see Marvel Studios' actors getting some well-deserved recognition you know i i kind of feel like the superhero genre is pushed to the side a little bit too much uh, when it comes to award season so i'm very happy to see that uh angela was able to take home that award sally field's illustrious career is going to be celebrated when she is set to receive the 58th annual sag life achievement award that'll be going at the sag awards and you'll want to watch for that one in the month of february taking place sunday the 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 8 p.m. Eastern. So congratulations to Sally Field. She has given us a whole career worth of great moments in film. Love to see that come in full circle and her being recognized. All right, and with that, we are moving on to our next awesome category, and I like to call this one the See It On Our Page. We're going to be talking about trailers. We're going to be talking about posters, first look images, uh, giving our thoughts on those, but also you're definitely going to want to go back and visit any of our social channels to get a look at what we have to share there. Uh, One of the coolest ones this week was we found out that the filming of season three of Only Murders in the Building for Hulu has begun. We got our first look at Meryl Streep joining the cast, and we also got a good look at Paul Rudd, who's also joining the team and has a very unique uh, hair transformation for his role. Yeah, that's right. Paul Rudd has uh, got some bleach tips going on in his hair, so (laughs) uh, definitely looking forward to season three. Season one and two just absolutely knocked it out of the water, and season three is going to be even cooler, I think. Also, we got a first look at Quaz, William Jackson Harper's mysterious new character that was provided in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. A lot of first looks across the page there. Yeah, and, you know, there's been a lot of speculation regarding Quaz, who he's going to be. You know, that this is not a comic book character that we know of. We know he's going to have some uh, telepathy powers. He's going to be in charge of uh, leading the resistance that's going on down in the quantum world. So... I'm very pumped to see what he uh, has to offer to Marvel Studios verse. Of course, a lot of people definitely wanted him to take on the role, a bigger role in the Marvel Universe because he's such a fantastic actor. A lot of people were, you know, jumping for him to take on a role like Reed Richards. But, you know, Quaz could be short for something else and maybe a nickname. So we'll find out very, very soon. Um, We also got a new image via Empire Magazine of Adam Warlock. Um, So it's very pumped. He's going to be our big bad of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And James Gunn even confirmed it that he is definitely not a good guy. And more Mando as well as the poster and the trailer were revealed on our page for the new season of The Mandalorian Season 3. March is going to be a very, very good month for nerds everywhere, especially on the streaming platform Disney Plus. Lots of good Mando goodness. Yeah, can't wait for that. It's going to be exciting to see Mando and baby Yoda Grogu 
teaming up once again. Uh, I probably should have put this together, but we got a ton of Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania posters and movie theater posters and character posters all stacked up. Marvel Studios and Disney just pushing those out uh, by the ton throughout this entire week. So definitely check some of those out. A lot of really great artwork out there. And also the series premiere of the CW's Gotham Knights is set to air Tuesday, March 14th. So a date was firmly affixed on our page on the CW. And also you can catch the latest trailer on our page as well for Gotham Knights. Way, way better than the video game. Yeah, very excited for this. Uh, you know, the rest of the cast, cast is kind of unknown, but Misha Collins is going to be leading uh, a role as Harvey Dent and hopefully eventually taking over as Two-Face. So I'm, I'm pumped to see that as well. Uh, actress Brie Larson decided to share a first look at her new temporary tattoos for her Fast X character, saying what it's like you've never seen temporary tattoos before. Now, if you haven't seen the photo, she is uh, in very tight pants and a bra, just decked out head to toe in some very interesting tattoos. It is rumored, I believe, that she is going to be part of the Toretto family. So we're going to see exactly where she fits in there, but I'm excited to see where she, uh, where her character gets to do in the film and the relationship she has with Dom. Showtime has debuted four new photos from Yellow Jackets Season 2, featuring the four leading ladies in the present-day timeline. Also getting to see some new looks for Melanie Linsky and Shauna Shipman, Tawny Cypress and Tysa Turner, Christina Ricci as Misty, and Juliet Lewis as Nat with a new look at Yellow Jackets Season 2. Now, I didn't get to catch any of Yellow Jacket season one, so I don't really know if it's something I'd be into. But, you know, I love Christina Ritchie, so I think it's definitely going to be worth looking into it just for that. So maybe I'll wait until season two debuts so I can do a double season binge. Ladies and gentlemen, it is morphing time. That is right. The Power Rangers 30th anniversary special is finally on its way. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We got some really awesome photos. We got some behind-the-scenes promo videos. The cast were finally free to share some of their behind-the-scenes looks as well. Um, we, we got David Yost returning and some of the other great Power Rangers, uh, the Legacy Rangers, if you will. And, man, I, I'm super pumped for this it's going to be very exciting also the trailer is out uh, for that series you got a little uh, behind the scenes glimpse that's available on the facebook page and the youtube channel as well new poster set for inside starring willem dafoe that is set to uh, come to regal theaters march the 10th a very lavish background for willem dafoe um, he can do no wrong in my eyes. I'd be interested to see what this one is about as he uh, is set against a city backdrop and an infinity pool just right behind him inside Willem Dafoe, Regal Theaters, March 10th. Yeah, Willem Dafoe can do no wrong in my eyes, so whatever he's doing, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. This week, we also got a new look at some images for Scream and our first glimpse at Kirby's return, as well as a new trailer and the rest of the cast as they take on Ghostface in New York. This is going to be a very exciting next phase in the uh, Scream franchise. It looks pretty awesome and Man, I, I think I'm pumped, but Josh, you you were pretty enthusiastic when that trailer dropped. Yeah, March, March again. Uh, I mean, it's not quite as big as what June is going to be in 2023 for movies, but March uh, really has given us some really awesome films, and Scream is a part of that. Matter of fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, March gives us John Wick 
and it also gives us Scream 6. Mm-hmm. So I am really, really excited about that. Again, the trailer is out on the YouTube page. It is also on our Facebook page as well. You can check that out. And this one, it, it's it's different because Ghostface, as far as I am concerned in that, Ghostface uh, just simply, there's an interaction between Ghostface and Gale in the trailer. And, uh, you know, Gale's reminding him, it's like, you're like the 10th guy to do this. It never works out for the guy in the mask. And uh, uh, Ghostface simply says, he's like, you know, true. But uh, there's never been one like me, Gail. I'm something different, uh, I believe, is the line in the trailer. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, and uh, breathes new life into it with a new location. And, of course, you can compare that to Jason Takes Manhattan all you want. I love it. We get more ghost face and we get more scream, so that's good. Uh, Ted, Ted Lasso also dropped its first season three look, which was pretty cool. Um, I know that there's a lot of Ted fans. This is going to be the final season as well. So if you want to see Jason Sudeikis and his mustache one last time, make sure you tune in to Apple for the third season. And switching gears over into television news, Tim's got us covered there. We had a lot of TV news dropping over the last week across all of our platforms, and it kicks off with a renewal, a dual renewal. You're getting more Chucky and more Reginald the Vampire that is led by Jacob Batalon. Both of those have been renewed for another season, dropping on Sci-Fi. And as Josh mentioned a little bit earlier, we got some really great news this week regarding the Crystal Lake prequel series. The news was shared on Twitter by Eric Goldman, who said they officially start writing in two weeks. It will have two scores to choose from, a modern one and a classic Manfredini. Am I sa- How bad am I butchering that? Manfredini one. Uh, Kevin Williamson is writing an episode. Adrian Kling will have a recurring role. And the series is covering the life and times of these two characters. Uh, and it will definitely include the characters of Pamela and Jason. So some good news regarding that series. And who knows, this could be a whole new uh, breath of life to the entire franchise. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I like the fact that they're uh, going modern and classic from the score level there. I believe it is Manfredini um, on that one. And then also Adrian King. It, you, I mean, you get you get the original It Girl, the original It Girl. And Adrian, I love the fact that she gets a chance to go back and lead I hope it's a leading role for her because she's been a she's been a convention darling, especially if you're on the horror con scene. You go there, and if Adrian's there, that that's a that's a booth that you don't miss. You go and you get your photos, and you get an autograph because if you are a Jason fan of any variety, Friday the Thirteenth, Adrian King is your is your girl, and I love the fact that she's going to be in it, and Pamela is going to be in it again. It's it's anchoring, it's bookending, it's 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 setting the foundation properly, and that is so so critical. If you're doing a prequel, a reboot, or you're doing an extension, hearkening back to the past, it worked. It worked with David Gordon Green's Halloween movies, and it kind of worked with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, although not as much, but there's some magic there. First half of Attack on Titan Final Season Part 3 is set to premiere on March 4th. Mark that one down. The final arc is going to be split into two halves. You get more episodes coming later in the year in 2023. The Last of Us is off to a good start as it drew in 4.7 million U.S. viewers on Sunday night when it made its premiere. It's HBO's second biggest premiere ever behind House of the Dragon since 2010. And then it reached 10 million viewers in just two days across linear and HBO Max platforms in the United States. So I'd say it's off to a really, really great start. And Joel and Ellie... 
are going to have quite the fan base, it seems. I love that. That's really good news. That bodes well. And the best part about it is the uh, the producers, the directors, the team from the games, the voice actors, everybody's playing it smart. Uh, there's only two games, so we're not getting multiple seasons. And as a fan, don't expect it. They're doing this the right way. The story ends with two games. If we get a second season, that's where it's over with. So just prepare yourself mentally and don't expect more because these guys are doing it right. They're not dragging it out uh, longer than what they should. Amy Joe Johnson. Now, this one got uh, a lot of different reactions, good, bad, divided, whatever you want to call it. It got people talking. She was our original Pink Ranger and every guy's crush uh, that, that I know that exists on this planet of ours. Yep. She is setting the record straight on why you're not going to see her in the Power Rangers 30th anniversary special on Netflix. For the record, I never said no. I just didn't say yes to what was offered. But other fun stuff is in store. I'm looking forward to watching my friends kick some ass, uh, kissy face emoji, and hashtag Power Rangers 30. So... Um, she put her foot down, so mm-hmm. we, we don't know, and it's really not our business unless she decides to make it ours as far as what the offer was, but she knows her worth, and apparently it was not worth her time, and she said no, and so I think that has to be uh, respected. It, it's, it sucks that we're not going to have her a part of it, but you know I, I respect her for, for putting her foot down and, and, mm-hmm. and keeping her stance strong, and there, there may be other reasons there, but again, yeah. it, it's simply for us to speculate, and if Amy decides to clear the air down the road, then she certainly has that right to do that. She'll be missed, but you know what? As a fan, it's not going to keep me from watching it. I wish she was there, but I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. So Yeah, it definitely is a bummer that we're not going to have her and we're not going to have Austin St. John uh, joining you know, the rest of the team uh, of the OGs that, that are that are left. Um, I, I, I'm definitely sad about that, but I, I understand. Like, honestly, it, I, I can't blame her at all because this is, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a wonderful reunion from some of the legacy characters. But, man, if you're not going to be, they, if they didn't put the proper value financially or contractually on what it meant, to have her there and she said no then good honor good yep. honor yep um some more power rangers news if you don't mind this season is going to include the first full-time female red ranger the first female red ranger in 30 years commonly you will know that the red ranger has always been considered the leader of whatever power rangers uh, team up is happening and so for the first time, we're seeing a female Red Ranger take the lead. And I got to tell you, I'm pumped. The actress who's playing her, she's pumped. And honestly, the fans have been nothing but supportive of it. So it's been a time long coming to see this finally happen. And also stars confirming that the fan favorite original series Outlander has been renewed for an eighth and final season. It will all come to an end. However, the long-rumored prequel series Outlander, Blood of My Blood, is set to be moving forward. The prequel series is set to focus on the parents of Sam Hewen's Jamie Frazier. And we'll see the return of many Outlander creatives. So even though the main series is ending, you will have more in the form of a prequel. Season 8 of Outlander is going to be consisting of 10 episodes, and Season 7 is currently filled filming and is expected to debut on stars this summer so look forward to that it's not over with just yet you got this season and then one more and then you've got a prequel series coming your way if you're a mega fan you will not have to go without some sad news for those of you who love to sweep the leg Cobra Kai announced this week that it is going to be returning for a sixth and final season on Netflix 
I know that this has been rumored for a while that it could be coming to an end, but they finally set the record straight and said, yes, this is the end. But I got a feeling that we're going to see some spinoffs. We're going to see some characters get their own series down the line. So I don't think this is going to be the end completely for the franchise. Uh, but I know it's definitely going to be a sad one to, to see things wrap up. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great that they are bringing it to uh, to a close. Again, it's another one of those series that has got a lot of magic. It's had some very strong seasons back to back to back. And that's a very cool thing. And so uh, the directing and the writing team is very smart to go ahead and, and, and bow out at the height of their power, if you will. Let's just hope they can stick the landing uh, and give us a very, very fitting conclusion. I just I love the way the arcs have turned. I love the way season five uh, kind of came to fruition there. I don't think we've seen the last of Terry Silver in this. Uh, obviously, Martin Cove's crease, if you have uh, seen uh, season five, you know, crease is out there as well. Just walked out of there with some Sinatra playing in the background. A very, very cool, uh, uh, not end for Crease at this point, but I think the the rumor mill, as it continues to turn and churn, uh, Cobra Kai is definitely coming to an end. But uh, if, if, if signs are pointing the way they are, I think we could go further back in time to Okinawa, and we could be exploring uh, Miyagi. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that would be a very, very cool thing to do because you've got Miyagi, you've got Soto, you've got all of that, the origins of Cobra Kai. There could be a lot to mine there mm-hmm. uh, if it's done right. So no, interesting stuff. Oh, yes. Definitely would love it. Um, jumping over into video game news. Mm, yes. Uh, I know that Dead Space fans are going to love to hear this, but we got some specs for you. Uh, console players have the option to choose between two graphics models, quality 30 FPS at 4K UHD resolution with ray tracing, or 60 FPS with 2K QHD with no race tra- ray tracing. Excuse me. So, well, you got your options there, fans. And, uh, you know, the best part about it is is that uh, console owners get a chance to play this really uh, in its absolute best way. And it really just comes down to, to what you can handle. Uh, but the Dead Space uh, remake looks absolutely fantastic. They have poured the work into this. And, and again, uh, you know, for like combat specs and everything, uh, you just really appreciate that buttery smooth 60 FPS goodness there. And the fact... The fact that it doesn't have ray tracing, I'm okay with that. But they've got this thing up to 2K on console resolution. That is very, very impressive. House of the Dead remake should be out in your hands by the time this is being recorded and sent out to the masses right now. That's headed to PlayStation 5, so make sure you check your store queue as well. It's going to have adjusted graphics and performance so you can see the dead up close and personal in the best way possible with the grunt and the power of the PlayStation 5. Ultimate Sackboy brings Sony's big little big planet mascot to mobile, so now you can enjoy that world, that franchise, right from your mobile device. Pretty cool. And The Witcher 3 on PlayStation 5 is set to get a physical release. That'll be coming out uh, more than likely by the time you are listening to this episode in your neck of the woods. So if you're a fan of The Witcher and you love the fact that the, the remake has been put together, the big massive graphical update uh, that has come out from CD Projekt Red, and you want that uh, that physical box sitting up on your shelf, uh, look for that in uh, stores and bring The Witcher 3 and Geralt of Rivia home today. 
Transitioning now to some toy news for you collectors out there, such as myself. Hot Toys has finally revealed two new action figures based on the characters from James Cameron's new hit film Avatar The Way of Water. The 1-6 scale figures feature Jake Sully and his wife Natiri, and as always, the collectible designers did an incredible job of bringing them to life in live action form. This is, like, they're beautiful. Like, they really are. And, you know, I, I, I would love nothing more than to have these. So if Hot Toys could just lower their prices by, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars, that, that'd be great, and I'd appreciate it. And that's not the only Hot Toy news that was out there. They were thrilled to present blogger photos of one six-scale Wonder Woman collectible figure based on Wonder Woman 1984. The figure's body, now made in silicon material, covers a greater degree of articulations and reduced bounce backs after posing. And uh, I love the fact that they just put extra work into already existing figures Mm -hmm. or they just make them better, you know, and uh, I agree with Tim. They could lower the prices down a little bit. Uh, That would be fantastic so you could start lining yourselves. The best entryway for somebody out there, if price is an issue, uh, most of these figures, matter of fact, all of these figures are set up through a firm financing. So if you can't uh, absorb the shock of paying $400 right away, uh, you can pay over time or pay it off when you're ready to do so. So it does it does give you a, a degree of entry to be able to get oh, these yeah. figures and make them a little bit more accessible to you. So I appreciate Hot Toys offering some pay-as-you-go financing there mm-hmm. uh, to bring these figures home. That's a, a bullet that I have not bitten yet at this point right now to bring those <laughs> figures home. But there there's a lot on that page that I would love to have sitting here. I mean, if I was ever to become a collector to the level of Tim, it would be Hot Toys and... I would probably end up getting a glass case to put them in as well. I would not want them exposed to the air in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Diamond Select also gave us our first look at a truly incredible Moon Knight bus. So just the the look at that is absolutely fantastic. I encourage you guys to to go look at our pages and, and check that out for yourself. Moon Knight is just... You know, the detail that went in to the design of this bust is just incredible. It's wonderful. Go, go, go check it out, please. And real quick, and I'll double up on this one before Tim leads us into celebrity news. Funko Pop getting a Dungeons & Dragons line, and this is based off of the upcoming movie, by the way. Uh, we got a nice uh, correction on our page. It's like, yeah, we're aware of it. But uh, Dungeons & Dragons will get that line, and Funko bring in their extra whimsical way about bringing a new collector's item home for you. Power Pack reveals from the Power Rangers 30 kickoff fan stream, you can peep the Lightning Collection Dino Fury Blue Ranger, the Lost Galaxy Pink Ranger, and Dino Thunder Mezogon and Black Ranger. They all come with epic character-inspired accessories available for you. You can pre-order now at Hasbro Pulse. Go to go.hasbro forward slash Power Rangers. (laughs) And so I'm assuming that was an error there. Go.hasbro forward slash Power Rangers to get your pre-order on. Yeah, somebody added an extra period and that somebody was probably me. Uh, and, and I will say it was since you typed it, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that the Black Ranger from Dino Thunder will be the first and possibly last figure for them to release of Jason David Frank's likeness. Um, we haven't had any news regarding how that works now that a person has passed, like how how the rights work for their likeness. So I, I, I hope that's not the case, but I did hear some rumors that this could be 
the last one. So you definitely want to go out and get that if you're a JDF fan. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, in some celebrity news, Alec Baldwin will be charged with involuntary manslaughter in the Rust shooting. The movie's prop armor faces the same charges. The assistant director, who was responsible for onset safety, also pled guilty to neg- negligent use of a deadly weapon. So, finally, some uh, action taking place regarding that horrible, horrible accident that took place uh, on set of the movie Rust. The uh, action, um, the actions that are taking place, I, I think, are are justified, and I, I'm curious to see how things happen moving forward. More than two weeks after his serious snowcat accident, actor Jeremy Renner is now out of the hospital. He is recovering back at home. A recent post on his social media indicated that outside of his brain fog and recovery, just very excited to watch Mayor of Kingstown, episode 201 with my family at home. And to kind of add to this and update it a little bit more as well, uh, to be relevant, uh, he's had some social media posts, especially on his Instagram. And we know now that Jeremy in that snowcat accident, he's... he's the recovery is going to be is going to be long, folks. He indicated off a social media post that he did indeed, in fact, break over thirty bones in that accident in his body. So, mm-hmm. just you know, thirty bones or not, he talked about the mending and the healing process. I am thankful that he is still with us. He is home with his family, and he can post about that. And uh, he said it best, you know, uh, social circles and family; they, these things will mend as will my bones, and uh, they will be stronger. And so I just wish him the the very, very best of luck in his recovery and that pathway going forward. And I hope that uh, he is back and stronger and healed and better than ever on the other side of this long recovery. Yeah, I, I, I we're blessed that we still have him around because really that accident could have gone the complete opposite direction. Um. Into a new segment I like to call Celebrity Thoughts and Shares. This is, you know, just hearing some of our celebrities talk about some of the things that are going on and letting us know what's going on in their lives. Jeff Bridges opened up about being sick with cancer as well as getting coronavirus on top of that during a period of two years. He says, and I quote, I was sick for two years with cancer and COVID, and when I talked about my family, I wanted to, you know, talk about their support during that time, he shared. I didn't think I was going to make it at all, let alone get to go back to work. But because they supported me so beautifully, I was able to get back and finish The Old Man, Bridges said of his action drama, which he began filming before the pandemic, and his subsequent battle with lymphoma. We were stopped in the middle of the season, and it was very surreal. It was like we had a two-year-long weekend, you know? And some uh, funny posts from Hugh Jackman kind of gives us some insight on the on the process that it takes for him to get back and be in Wolverine fighting shape so he can punch the living crap out of Ryan Reynolds on a regular <laughs> basis. His diet had him splitting his pants. Why? The bulge is getting bigger. He's getting bigger. <laughs> All of it's getting bigger. Hugh Jackman is bigger than ever. He was eating forty five hundred calories a day. I can't even. I can't even fathom that. I really, really cannot. And he says, "I'm sorry for the audiences in the front row. I'm sorry for my cast. I'm sorry for my wife. It was not a pretty situation. I split my pants three times. Are you kidding, Hugh? You don't have to apologize to anybody in the front row. Are you kidding me? They all had their cameras out. They were taking slow-mo video. There's nothing for you to apologize for. Split your pants more in the run-up to making Wolverine and Deadpool. 4,500 calories a day. I mean, wow. Wow. 
But he doesn't have anything to apologize for. Everybody was loving the fact he was splitting his pants. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Uh, Mar- Just being real. No, and, and you know, here's the thing. Uh, he's going to be stepping away from, from the music man, and he's going to spend the next six months completely devoting himself to training his body to get back in shape for his return as Logan. So, and the, the, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to see him returning as Wolverine. And unfortunately, fortunately... Some audiences got to see a little bit more of Hugh Jackman than they uh, bought bargained for when they bought tickets to see the music band. <laughs> right now, you might as well call him Hugh Crackman. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill took to social media to explain why he doesn't ever expect to return as the Joker. They would call and say, they want you to do the Joker. And my only question was, is Kevin Conroy Batman? Now, with Kevin there... Without Kevin there, there just doesn't seem to be a Batman for me. So, obviously, Hamill referring to the recent passing of longtime Batman voice actor Kevin Conroy, and they worked together for 30 years, um, being the voice of Batman and the Joker, and I'm right there with him. I I don't see him being able to do that without Kevin Conroy, and I don't blame him, but the last time that they did an outing together, hopefully... Um, it was a good one for, for both of them. And Marvel's Eternal star Barry Keoghan thinks he knows why Marvel fans did not respond to director Chloe Zhao's film in an interview with the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. I think Chloe brought a whole kind of feel to it, Keoghan said. You know, so Chloe brings, as you've seen from her past films, raw performances and really, really touching performances. I don't think it was, I think it was new. I think it was just new. It was new for the Marvel world. He's right. It was new, but I think the problems go a lot deeper mm-hmm. than the film just being new. But I can respect Barry's take and his stance on it. Yeah, the, the storyline had some issues. And there's just no coming back from that. Uh, Russell Crowe says he's doubtful that he'll be returning for Gladiator 2. He says, so it's not a remake and it's not a direct sequel. It's not like the day after, so you know, 30 years later or something. So... Kind of an indirect confirmation that he's not interested in coming back. And if he is interested, it doesn't appear anybody has asked him. James Gunn opening up about the end of an era with the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. I cannot tell you how close I am to Chris Pratt and Palm and Dave and Zoe and Karen. But I also know I will work again with all of those people individually. He adds laughing, probably at my other job. And uh, I'm here for it. I love it. He, I mean, when you work with an actor or an actress and you develop a chemistry over a period of many, many years, that bodes well for future projects. Mm-hmm. And nobody as a fan should be surprised to hear James Gunn say that. And plus, these characters come into the DC Universe. Who knows? Who knows who they might be attached to? And they'll give us a whole other set of lifelong memories. So I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, people have already started fan casting what they want those actors to play in the DC universe and, and it's pretty fun. So de- definitely look into that because I, I think you're gonna, you're gonna be surprised at what people want Chris Pratt to play. Uh, some interesting news from Tom Hanks. I'm just, I, I feel kind of, he feel he's coming off a little egocentric to me in this one, but when he asked, when asked which actor could play him in a biopic, Tom Hanks got very candid. And he said, not a one. Cause I don't think anyone can hold a candle to the man himself. 
I, I don't know. I mean, Tom Hanks has been the man who has spent most of his life playing versions of real characters, whether it's Mr. Rogers or, or Sully or, you know, you, you name it. He's done, played so many versions of real people, Walt Disney even. Um, but then when it comes to somebody playing him, he says no one can hold a candle to him. I, I kind of feel like that. But not the case. Don't get me wrong. I love Tom Hanks, but I would love to see somebody bring his life story to the big screen. <laughs> It'd be interesting. It's kind of like he went full James Cameron there in that response. Yeah. But Eddie Redmayne is doubting that Fantastic Beast 4 is in his future. At the moment, there's nothing that I'm aware of. So as I'm aware, it's not something that is on the cards. And and I don't think Eddie Redmayne is playing coy on that at all. I think he's 100% spot on. I don't think we're going to see another one at this point right now because uh, the latest one that came out, it just didn't do very well. Didn't no. do it very well for a variety of reasons. And, of course, I think anybody – I mean, I don't think it was the film's fault but anything, but – uh, what's been going on with J.K. Rowling, that has just had a domino impact on everything. And it's even impacting Hogwarts Legacy, the game, which mm -hmm. is due out uh, in the month of February. So uh, until that until that shifts and changes or we become more accepting or whatever it is, I don't know. But uh, I think he's right on that. Yeah. Uh, switching gears to some, com to some comic book news now. I got a little too excited there, Josh. Uh, this may storm... Yes, Storm is going to be headlining her brand new solo series that spotlights why she is one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel comic book universe. In a thrilling five-issue limited series, Storm will be written by groundbreaking creator Nan... <clears throat> groundbreaking creator Anne Norsenti, known for her definitive run on Daredevil as well as her storied career as an X-Men editor. Storm will dive into Storm's fan-favorite punk error. Uh, now, just to clarify, they're, they're going to take a Storm and do a little bit of a twist on her, give her some fun, fun things to do in the comics, and I'm very much looking forward to that. That's going on sale on May 24th. Writer Steve Fox and artist Andrea DeVito seek to explore all of Firestar's facets in X-Men Annual 2022, number one. That's going to be available in print and digital comic shops. Matter of fact, good news is you can go out and get that right now. In some audio news, folks, if you're looking for a new thing to listen to while you're at work or driving around, Spotify just released a new sneak peek at the new Harley Quinn and the Joker Sound Mind podcast series. You can experience the new audio series, which is going to be debuting at the very end of this month on January 31st. The series is featuring Christina Ritchie as Harley Quinn, uh, Billy Magnesium, as the Joker and Justin Hartley as Bruce Wayne. What a stellar cast. Uh, what some amazing voices to bring those characters to life. And some news coming at you from the squared circle in wrestling news. It has been made official. Cody Rhodes is set to make his in-ring return in the 2023 Royal Rumble. Let the speculation commence as to what his entry number is going to be. But Cody Rhodes making his long-anticipated return from uh, injury. And folks, I will tell you, if you have seen his Hell in a Cell match against him and Seth Rollins, where he tore his pectoral muscle mm. right off the bone and finished and won a Hell in a Cell match, this is going to be one epic return. I'll handle the second part about this as well. Vince McMahon, um, uh, folks, you know, we've been following this one. You know he's back as chairman of the board. Um, 
he has reportedly reached a settlement, and this was done apparently before his official return to the board. We've been uh, following that story as well. He reached a settlement with Rita Chatterton, according to a new report from the Wall Street Journal. McMahon had agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement with a former WWE referee named Rita Chatterton. Now, she accused him of rape back in 1992, and after Chatterton's allegations resurfaced back in 2022, McMahon's lawyer received a letter from Chatterton in November of that same year that demanded $11.75 million in damages for the alleged assault. So, I believe the settled figure was for less than that particular amount. And according to reports, uh, McMahon made the move simply because he wanted to avoid litigation and the expense and the costs. So you can believe that stance or you can be in the other camp of going, would a man that is really innocent of that just roll over and not fight? So, exactly. I mean, you can believe whatever you want, but uh, it's it's as the WWE turns, and this one continues to turn even more, his moves on the board, uh, releasing more people behind the scenes, whether or not Triple H is going to stay as head of creative. Um, it's It's been quite the show, even more so entertaining than actually what is provided to us in the ring at this point right now. It's mm-hmm. the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. <clears throat> Uh, this week in celebrity deaths, we did say goodbye to a couple celebrities. Uh, David Crosby, a lezen- legendary musician known for his work in The Birds, and Crosby, Steals, Nash & Young. He passed away at the age of 81. We also said goodbye this week to Jay Briscoe, which I believe was a wrestler. Was he WWE, Josh, or where, where, where did nope. he... He was, not, uh, he was not WWE, but uh, really had cut his teeth on the indie scene and then also really making a massive splash alongside his brother Mark uh, in Ring of Honor. And just, uh, just an incredibly sad situation. Jay was just 38 years young, known prominently in the wrestling circles, and especially the IWC as Dem Boys. Uh, the Briscoes had some absolutely hellacious and insane tag team matches. Uh, almost the progenitors of the genre, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so, so talented. But, you know, outside of the ring, uh, they were just they were so crazy in the ring. But outside of the ring, they were brothers. They were family men. Uh, Jay was uh, a father of two, and he leaves behind uh, his wife and uh, his two uh, his two daughters. And the daughters were in the car mm-hmm. at the time of the accident, so they are uh, in stable condition now in the hospital. And but they've got a recovery process, both physical and emotional. But what was really really cool was to see the tributes pouring in all across the world for Jay Briscoe. It and it, and it just reminded us that. When it comes to wrestling and we experience loss like this, it doesn't matter what brand you're in. It doesn't matter what promotion you work for. Everybody cares. And so we saw that with recognition coming from All Elite Wrestling, World Wrestling Entertainment, on camera in NXT. And this stretch so far is to go all the way over to the shores of Japan with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, He is going to be sorely, sorely missed. He had a heavy heavy influence on a lot of wrestlers, both individual and on the tag team scene. Jay Briscoe will never be forgotten forever. Dem boys. Now, jumping into some techno news, we didn't have a lot this week, but I think Josh is going to be able to provide a little bit more insight into this than I will. Uh, It's 
computer news? Is this is this hard drive type stuff? Nope, has nothing to do with hard drive, but you are right, my friend, on computer news. DDR5 memory overclockers. So DDR5 and DDR6, not in the mainstream that much, but I tell you what, they keep pushing the industry forward, and it reminds us that blistering fast speeds can indeed be achieved if in the right hand so you don't set your entire house on fire. But overclockers, you need to take note of this one because if you love custom builds and you love having the fastest PC on the block right now, well, a new record of 11 gigabytes per second has just been hit. That is unreal. We're talking about multitasking to the masses, uh, some of the fastest speeds ever seen and achieved. That's, that goes far beyond what any of us really knew the memory was capable of. But uh, again, a lot of this stuff is done with like liquid nitrogen cooling to achieve these speeds because the system just gets so, so hot. Yeah. Mainstream, down the road, but it's going to be a little bit. But the fact that it's possible and somebody did achieve it under safe testing conditions is just absolutely ridiculous. Pretty cool. Love the tech stuff. Love this stuff is being hit. Now, if we could just bring down the prices <laughs> of graphics cards, I'd be a happy guy. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, to wrap up, all our different segments today in some corporate news, but also movie and TV news as well. Reed Hastings, one of the co-founders of Netflix itself, has announced that he is stepping down as co-CEO. Netflix made the official announcement during its earnings call earlier this week. Hastings, who helped lead Netflix now for over two decades, has decided to step down from his role, but he is going to be taking on the role as executive chairman. A lot of people are speculating that he's actually stepping down from his role to avoid some of the backlash that's fixing to come with the password sharing debacle that we're fixing, fixing, fixing to come up to. The craziest damn thing is, is that he's probably going to go after all this is done with. I mean, what kind of ridiculous payday is he going to get on his exit interview? It's, it, 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 it's got to be in the millions of dollars. And see, that's the, that's the part I hate. Yeah, I really, I really do because what is all the money he's made up until this point, and then he also gets an extended and really ridiculously large exit interview payday. I mean, come on, really? No, no. I, I would, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, what's the point? Why? I'll, I'll go and work for a day for them if they just want to pay me an exit interview thing. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. That would be I'd really, appreciate it. Really, really good, folks. I want to tell you this wraps up. It is episode four here in season three of the Informants Nerdcast. And as a reminder to you all, uh, don't forget you can get the Informants Nerdcast on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, uh, iTunes, everywhere else. Anytime mm-hmm. you want to listen to us, uh, we got you covered with all the biggest news. Jumping back one week at a time in the industry. You want to be informed? It starts with the Informants Nerdcast, and of course. Um, all of our social channels, we cover all of that. Guys, it, it, it continues to expand and get bigger and bigger. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Did I did I miss any? I don't think I did. No, I mean, we, we are everywhere. Social media, <laughs> video channels, you name it, we're there. Check us out. Honestly, I, just just for giggles, I do it occasionally. I just type, go to Google and I type in Nerd Informants to see what pops up first. Normally, it's our website as well as Facebook and mm-hmm. TikTok. Um, but occasionally, you'll be able to find some other things. Like right now, somebody is selling a Nerd Informants t-shirt on eBay. That that popped that, back up in case you didn't know, Josh. It's still up uh, there. It hasn't sold yet. Uh, the price is up to $18. So, so that's that's the high bidders uh, price right now, uh, which is pretty funny because we give those shirts away. So it's kind of funny that somebody's put one up there for sale. Uh, 
I did want to share with everybody that we've got some cool stuff down the pipeline. We've got Missouri Comic-Con coming up next month. We'll be in Springfield, Missouri with our booth. Hopefully some panels as well. Still waiting to hear back from that, but there's going to be a lot of really cool guests um, at Springfield in Springfield for Missouri Comic-Con. They're going to be making their debut appearance there. As well as in February, we're going to be making the debut appearance of nerds see it first it's going to be our movie giveaway with the imax uh branson imax entertainment complex we're excited to be partnering with them once again for a giveaway so stay tuned to our social channels to be able to learn more about how you can win the chance to experience films like ant-man and the wasp quantumania and all the other big blockbusters coming out down the pipeline in 2023 and see it with us the nerd informants tim and josh side by side doing some really, really cool and fun stuff with our community. And, of course, as the movie review season gets uh, back underway in 2023, uh, we've already got three out of the gate. We got Megan in there, and most recently this weekend we saw uh, Plane and a Man Called Auto. So if you want to know our take on that, again, uh, um, I'm not calling them reviews. I'm calling them film thoughts. We just get a chance to share our thoughts on the films with you and maybe just uh, help you make a decision out there. But most importantly, on the other side of that, uh, whether you watch it or not, get out there to the cinemas and see some movies. Please do that. Lots of good stuff for you to choose from all year long. Those reviews are up on our page right now, so we would encourage you to check those out as Film Thoughts with the Nerd Informants. Well, folks, as we wrap things up, of course, you know we say it all the time here in Season 3. This is Episode 4 coming to a close. Until we see you next time, fellow geeks and nerds, be Be informed. You've been informed by the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. Find new episodes on Anchor Podcasting Services and stay connected to Nerd Informants on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram.